Nobody puts baby in a corner. You talking to me? You talking to me? To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> this is God. I told you I was hot tonight. Uh, excuse me, miss. Do you think it might be possible to turn that music down so maybe a couple of the boys could talk? Your hand is staining my window. You just put the law in my hands, and I'm going to break your heart with it. What kind of beer? Now that I've met you, would you object to never seeing me again? What? Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. Hello, and welcome back to Movies for Life. Uh, my name is Brian Kuyper. And I am Michelle Egan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our bonus episode. Bonus episode, where we are just covering one movie, and we are covering the best movie ever made, the greatest movie of all time. Tremors? We already did Tremors, right? <laughs> we, 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 what are you talking about? <laughs> I knew you were going to do that to me. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> you, you set yourself up for I that, did, don't you? I did, I did. I, I certainly you walked right into it. I yeah yeah I might have. Um, so anyway, <laughs> this with this movie though, I do have to say this movie does mean a lot to me. This is this is one that okay. So we're talking about from 1984, Ghostbusters. Hell yeah! And of all and thinking about it, I I'm pretty sure this is the movie I've seen the most in my lifetime. Um, the, Probably fair to say. Seen it a lot too. Yeah. yeah, the the only one that may possibly exceed it is the original Star Wars, but I'm not sure. At one point, I think I would have been sure, but but I, I'm pretty sure that Ghostbusters has uh, far exceeded it uh, in the intervening years. Here, it's a long, sort of a lifelong uh, love affair with this movie for me. Sort of different ways that I viewed it. Um, over the years. So rather than bringing you a double feature this week, uh, we decided that since I cheated on the cheated. on, on yeah. our forever favorites, that uh, we'd go ahead and just uh, have one uh, movie this week, the movie that I tied with Bride of Frankenstein, uh, which we covered last time. I have my story of this movie, but I'm curious about yours. What's what's your story with this movie? It's nothing really big. Um, Ghostbusters is one of those uh, VHS tapes, you know, movies that we had taped off of TV that we had when I was a kid. So yeah, watched it constantly, constantly, all the time. Even though it terrified me mm-hmm. as a kid, it still kind of does. No, it doesn't. But you can still see where it's yeah. it's kind of scary, and you can yeah. tell where it where it got you as a kid and why it did, because it's still kind of like. Oh my gosh, that was actually that's pretty intense. I know for actually. for a PG rated movie. I mean, both of them, yeah. both, both Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two, have some really freaky stuff in them. Yeah, but the big thing really was that um, my cousin Joe, hi Joe, um, he was a big Ghostbusters fan um, when we were kids. So every time that we went over to their house for you know holidays or whatever, we would play Ghostbusters. Me and my cousins. Because he had, like, the proton pack and the trap and little uh, gun, whatever it's called, the little piece of plastic. Right. It was just a swirly piece of plastic coming out of the end oh, of it. Oh, I to remember be the, uh, those. Yeah. The laser. <laughs> they had, like, one of those um, toy uh, firehouses in their room. So just kind of 
fond memories of that. I had a little, um, I don't have them anymore. I don't know what happened to them, but I had like a, a stuffed Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters was just big. It was a big, fun movie that I loved and still love to this day. Of course, everybody does. Everybody, if you don't love Ghostbusters still to this day, it's something wrong with you because it is joy. <laughs> well, my story is uh, when it first came out in the theater, I would have been um, six years old, little kindergarten Brian, and my parents wouldn't take us to see it because they thought it would be too scary for us, you know, for my brother and I at that age. But I had friends who loved it. Okay, so when I went into first grade, the summer after Ghostbusters came out, I was the kid who hadn't seen it yet, but kind of everyone else had, you know? Um, yeah. And well, because it was, it was PG, you know, uh, I think a lot of kids got to see this movie and it came out, this, it was crazy. It came out the same day in 1984 as Gremlins. That's right. Which was yeah. also PG, which is crazy. I mean, yeah. you you watch Gremlins <laughs> and you go. I mean, Ghostbusters has its scary moments. Gremlins is terrifying to a, like a six year old kid. It can be, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. But Ghostbusters was the one that I really wanted to see. I mean, there were lots of all the Gremlins lunch boxes. I remember all that stuff too. But Ghostbusters was the one I really wanted to see. And so my friend, this was around the time everyone started getting VCRs. And my friend had a birthday party in, you know, sometime early 1985, probably. And I got to see Ghostbusters on this, you know, tiny little TV that's smaller than my laptop screen, you know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I remember this. You know, um, at at this birthday party. And technically, I still wasn't supposed to see it (laughs) at the time. But, you know, my parents were like, "Eh, oh, well, whatever. Because I told them, hey, I saw Ghostbusters at my friend Scott's house. And they were like, oh, okay. I And I just adored it. Yes, it scared me. There was stuff, you know, like the library scene and the opening and, and all these things that, that I thought. And I was into it. I didn't, I wasn't like, this is funny. I was like, this, I took it really deadly serious yeah. as a kid, I recall. And I've mentioned this before, I think, but my dad had a friend at work who had HBO and Showtime and all this stuff and record movies for us. So, I mean, that's how I saw Space Camp. That's how we owned Back to the Future at first. I saw Back to the Future in the theater. All these different kinds of movies and you know, Dirty Dancing, uh, all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it would be like double features. So Ghostbusters was first. My Science Project was second on this disc. <laughs> on the, or on the disc, on this, on this videotape. Tape. <laughs> yeah. And I would come home from school and I would watch Ghostbusters like every day for a month. Then I would watch Back to the Future like every day for a month. And then I would go back and I would watch uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters over and over again. And just so Ghostbusters was just like always there. And and then, you know, I got into college and I was like, oh, man, I, I remember really liking that movie. And I hadn't seen it in a long time. I got there, there was at Target or something like that. So I bought the VHS tape that they had, and it was like this nice clamshell and all this stuff. And I put it in and watched it, and I remembered like every beat of the movie from when I was a kid. But this time, it was so funny that I literally fell out of my chair laughing at some points. I mean, when the, when the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man came around the corner, I actually literally fell out of my chair. And it was, yeah. 
And then, you know, finally when it came out on DVD, it was like, wow, I, I actually saw it in widescreen for the first time. And, and I know. it was just so strange because <laughs> I remembered all those pan and scan shots and how some, Me too. some, I was, some images were I was were just squeezed. now re-watching it. Yeah. Yeah. And just now re-watching it, I was like, no, I remember how that shot was in pan and scan. So, like Funny. when they're getting onto the elevator. In the elevator. Like, I'll take the next one. Yeah. And it like pans over to the guy. It's like, that. That didn't happen right now because this is actual widescreen. This is how we were supposed to see the movie when we were kids and we didn't. Well, I remember. <laughs> I always love that. I remember when they were in the elevator, that shot was like squeezed. Yes. So that it everyone so looked squeezed. really, really long. I mean, Egon looked like, you know, Barton Fink with his hair, you know, like sticking straight up. Yeah. And, but then when I got that other one, it, it was edited. So it would be like, it would show a two shot of, of, uh, of Ray and Egon. Then it would cut over to Bankman when he would respond and stuff. It was it was like, that's just wrong. What's going on here? I remember the shot after he talks to Dana by the fountain uh, and he spins. Uh-huh. I had never seen the other guy. The, the guy on spinning. the roller skates. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's why he does that. <laughs> I never saw that before because they cut him out. <laughs> so obviously for both of us, this is a movie that's pretty well ingrained yeah. in, uh, in our childhoods and, and I mean, Right now, you are wearing a uh, We Came, We Saw, We Kicked yes. Its Ass t-shirt, which is just <laughs> awesome. Uh, something else, like, I remember just now from from school. Um, my last name is Egan, right? Sounded like Egon, Egon to one yeah. of my classmates. Yeah. So once he caught on to that, there was a couple of days, it was like a couple weeks straight, where like every time he saw me, he would be like, this is from Ghostbusters 2, obviously, mm-hmm. but he would be like, do <laughs> Every time he saw me, you know, like, <laughs> when I was, I love it though. <laughs> when I was a kid too, we would play Ghostbusters on the playground, and I would yeah. always pick Egon. Egon was always yes. the one that I would play. He was always my favorite, and I think it. And I was thinking about this, like Egon was my favorite because I think I wanted to be like Egon. But if I was being honest with myself. I was Ray, and I, I think I'm probably <laughs> yeah. I'm probably the most like Ray. Uh, in fact, I did this little. <laughs> there was this, a couple days ago on Twitter. There was like this test you could take. It had all these characters, and it's like, what were the top ones that came out? Ray was the Ghostbuster <laughs> for me. Nice. Um, and and I was like, wow, I, I I yeah, I can see that. I think I always liked Egon the best, though. Mm-hmm. He had the best like dry sense of humor i yes. see it even more now that i'm older it's like that's what i love about him i love the whole uh exchange with janine while he's fixing her computer <laughs> says i bet you like to read along a lot too print is dead <laughs> you know? it's, like, it's like do you have any hobbies I collect spores i collect spores, spores fungus. fungus um yeah so i always like the part at the beginning which i did not catch that much as a kid in um in the library mm-hmm. it's like this reminds me of the time you tried to drill a hole in your head. And he's just, he's so quick with it. That would have worked if he hadn't stopped me. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, I was just, uh, I, just, I didn't jot down a lot of notes for this episode because, you know. I have none. Seen it this movie is so like ingrained many times. It's so ingrained in sort of my mind. my And it sounds corny, but it's kind of ingrained in my heart. Of course. You know, and yeah. so I have an experience where. A friend of mine that I that I met, you know, working at a conference center like for a summer, he we discovered that we were both big fans of this movie, and we were driving together. We were like riding together in a car, 
we quoted verbatim sound effects, music, everything, every line of dialogue from this movie for a good, you know, nice. 45 minutes before we had a slip up. I mean, it was just, you know, <laughs> you know, it was so much fun. So this movie is awesome. very much ingrained uh, in, in me. And I remember he was the one who actually made me realize how much I love this movie because he talked to, he was talking to his dad and says, yeah, Brian loves Ghostbusters. He thinks it's genius. Words that I had never used about the movie, but then I realized, <laughs> yeah, I do think it's genius. Yeah, you know? It kind of is. <laughs> for me, this is my favorite comedy for sure. Yeah. So this is, we could talk about, you know, some of the things about the movie, if, you know, actually give a little structure to this if we weren't. Um, I, I love to start the beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, it starts out with that great cold open in the library and you have that music. The, on the part lion. Of the, the lion. You've told me about this, how that lion just the music swelling when they show that, it just sort of freaked you out. Yes. That always scared me when I was a kid. I don't know why that whole, yeah, that whole cold open. It's freaky to me. I didn't like it. It's, but what I noticed most about it um, on this last rewatch, the sound is so good in this movie. Mm -hmm. Just the sound effects and everything. It's just, it's so perfect. And especially in these kind of like scenes. Yeah. They're really good. Like with the sound of the, the cards and uh -huh. the music, just the right parts and the right beats. The sound, the sound work is really impressive in this movie. And I'd never really paid attention to that yeah. before. Well, I mean, that poor librarian, I always felt so bad for her. She's just pushing her. She was so sweet. She's down in that basement. She's just pushing the thing around. And, and you know, you, you kind of, as an audience, we see the the books floating past and stuff like What's that. It's like yeah. things that, I, those are all completely practical and they look great. Yeah. They look really good. And, and, and you know, the the cards flying out and you know they use air hoses to make that happen and yeah. and it looks so cool and then and then she turns the corner and and you know screams because there's something there and it goes right into that that the theme song you know that we all yeah. that we all know so well because i mean everyone was singing that theme song in 1984-85 i'm sure yeah i wasn't around quite yet but right. yeah i'm sure right i mean just just kind of a Frankly, it's a it's a ripoff of I Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis and the News, but you know, <laughs> probably heard that story. They actually had they actually got sued <laughs> uh, over that, but there was some sort of out of court settlement. <laughs> but then that meeting with Bankman, when the introduction of Bankman in the next scene is yeah. so very funny. Nervous? Yes. I don't like this. You only have seventy five more to go. Okay. What's this one? It's, it's a couple of wavy lines. Sorry, this isn't your lucky day. I know. I'm getting a little tired of this. You volunteered, didn't you? We're paying you, aren't we? Yeah, but I didn't know you were going to be giving me electric shocks. What are you trying to prove here anyway? I'm studying the effect of negative reinforcement on ESP ability. The effect? I'll tell you what the effect is. It's pissing me off. Well, then maybe my theory is correct. You can keep the five bucks I've had. I will, mister. Hitting on, on Jennifer, you know, she's getting all the answers wrong. And, uh, 
He's like, it, it, it is a star. While she, while he's given the guy electric shocks, and then he gets one of them right. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, this isn't your lucky day. You know, and this just tells you everything you need to know about Bankman. Kind of a creep, but still pretty charming. <laughs> yeah, and you know, he also, and in this opening sequence, your 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 core three. When Ray enters, you get just about everything you need to know about him. You know, he's. He's yeah. excited about this stuff. He really believes in this stuff. He's, you know, this is it. This is definitely it. You know, this is what we've been waiting for, you know. And <laughs> and then they go to the library and he's like, you know, I was uh, present at an undersea unexplained mass sponge vibration migration, you know. And, you know, they moved about a foot and a half, you know. <laughs> Those are the only parts of the movie that I can't exactly quote are all of Dan Aykroyd's lines because it's all that, <laughs> that jargon that I just... <laughs> I still can't remember. Because <laughs> he was really into all this stuff. He, actually, yeah, he's totally... Yeah. If you see, you know, on the Blu-ray, they have all those um, just interviews with Dan Aykroyd, and he's talking about all of this paranormal stuff as yeah. complete fact. This is... I mean, he talks about some of the characters. When they... The, the restoration of the car featurette on the Blu-ray, he talks about uh, Spangler like a real person. He says, this is the genius of Spangler, you know, in putting all of these gadgets on top of Ecto-1. It's like, Spangler, the genius, Spangler, you created Spangler, you know, (laughs) I mean. That's kind of cute. It is, it is. And, um, or I don't know if it was him or if it was Harold Ramis or Ivan Reitman, you know, what, whoever, you know, if it was all of them or, you know, whatever, however it worked out, whatever happened while they were working on the rewrite, some sort of magic happened. Yeah. Um, and I, kn- I remember hearing about like all the ways that this movie was before mm-hmm. it is what it is now. It's like completely different. Completely. You know, originally being like a John Belushi uh, vehicle with for him and Ac- uh, for John Belushi and, and Dan Aykroyd, kind of a blues brothers in the future with, space travel, all sorts of crazy stuff, like time yeah. travel and all sorts of interdimensional stuff, massive, I guess, just hundreds of pages long. And then, you know, Ivan Reitman and, and Harold Ramis sort of helped to bring it back to Earth and, and make it yeah. into the going into business movie that we know. And and that's that groundedness, that relatability, I think, is part of what makes it so work so well, too is that it mixes sort of these relatable things with the paranormal, uh, the comedy with the horror, the, the enthusiasm of, of someone like, like Ray with the sort of late laconic, I don't really give a shit attitude of Bankman, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> this is sort of the Bill Murray persona at its best that I really, I'm just here for the paycheck. Um, you know, that sort of thing. But you know. But I'm going to go along with you and fight with you because you're my friend and I love you. Yeah. He's he's kind of the best in this one. This is my personal favorite Bill Murray. I think it is. Mine too, yeah. yeah. And it could be just because I love the movies as much as I do as well. Because yeah. he's great in so much, so much stuff. When you've grown up and, like, I cannot remember a time when I was not watching Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Like, when it's been, like, such a part of your life. Yeah. yeah. That's got to be the one that's in your heart. And that's the one you remember the most and revere the most. And But he is actually so fucking funny in this movie. He really is. <laughs> Which everybody, everybody knows that, but you just... 
I just rewatching it again. I hadn't watched it in a really long time, like all the way through. And I was like, this movie is so funny and I yeah. love it. <laughs> you just kind of forget stuff like that when you haven't <laughs> seen it in a while. And you know, the way the, the central core, the three of them are set up as they're going into business is really great, you know, and it's all because we've met them all individually and now we're meeting them all together, you know, and how they work together when they go down and they approach the library ghost. And, you know, and, and even before that, that whole interview with with uh, <laughs> with the librarian, it's so funny. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Yeah, it's like, are you, Alice, <laughs> menstruating right now? Um, <laughs> I, I could, that's the that thing. I could just it. quote, I could just quote, this whole episode could just be quoting the movie and I'm trying not to do that but okay. you know <laughs> no human being with stacks like this yeah yeah those are some of the lines that like what Ray <laughs> says right before like the drew up through lines of 1909 and all that other stuff I, I'm, I'm yeah. with you I, I can't I, got nothing. I have a hard time I, can't do it. <laughs> I have a hard time catching all those as well but but the thing is I mean that's very much kind of the way Dan Aykroyd actually is a little bit he's really into this stuff and uh, when they actually see the... That's what I love about it, though. You can feel that. Yeah. The there's a real earnestness to the performance of Ray. Yeah. But, you know, that, that whole sequence down there, it sets them up as Egon's the brain, Ray's the heart, and Vankman's the mouth. That's Pretty all much, yeah. set up there. It's like, one of us should actually try to speak to it. And, you know, they both look at Vankman because they know he's going to speak to it. He's, they know he's the one, and he knows he's the one that's going to do it. Hi. I'm Peter. <laughs> Where are you from? Originally. Originally. <laughs> it's like, just get her, you know? And, and that ghost, when it turns into the, to yeah. sort of the crazy demon thing. Oh man. Did that freak me out? So scary. But it's so great looking. Yeah, I mean, that they were able to morph it into that, like that is really something. Cause that's all it has. It's practical. It's just so good. It's so good. Yeah, even though the music that goes along with that, and it, like right after, it's like that. They're yeah. like running out. That's yeah. That still scared the crap out yeah. of me. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I actually, I think that music cue is kind of perfect, even uh-huh. you know, even though it sort of goes against what you're seeing because what you're seeing is yeah. scary, but the music is sort of jaunty and it really works there. So. All right. Then they get fired and, you know, Dean Yeager and what a, that, that whole, that whole scene. I don't know what it was about that scene. I always find that scene so funny. And you are a poor scientist. scientist. And he's, I just thought he's just like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's got a great attitude about it. It's, it's, and, and you know, the thing is even people in really small parts in this are really memorable. Like I, I always remember Dean Yeager. In this, the way he sort of gets up and walks out the door, he sort of stands up, turns his head, and, and walks out. Is <laughs> it's just perfect. It's so funny, and um, it's you know, it just sort of throws his nose up in the air a little bit as he's walking out. It's <laughs> it's everything about it is just right. It feels like, and yeah. we meet Dana. This was my Sigourney <gasps> Weaver. This was my first. Uh, this is the first time for me seeing seeing Sigourney Weaver. I didn't see Alien until much later. Oh, yeah. Definitely was for me, too. And my God. Like, yes. How hot is she? Yes. <laughs> yeah. when, when, she, when she's Zool, holy oh, yeah. shit. 
I'm with you. <laughs> Warm but also, she's, she's really sweet and sincere, and I love the way that she deals with Vinkman. <laughs> well, and I love the way also that, that she uh, deals with Lewis. With Lewis, yeah. <laughs> Rick Moranis in this movie. I mean, again, he's not in it that much, but he's so memorable. He feels like it. He yeah. feels like he's in every frame practically because he just he steals his moments so much and and he's playing it he's, he's kind of a yuppie he's kind of a nerd he's sort of he's trying to be nice he's not he's, he's obviously likes her but he's not being yeah. a jerk about it and he's always locking himself out <laughs> of his apartment <laughs> and stuff I love the way he delivers his lines too. Like he's just like he's so quick about it. Yeah, it's like well, what are you saying? Even though you do your tax return, which you shouldn't do. Yeah, <laughs> right. I always love that part. It's like and, and the whole thing, you know. Uh, yeah, I I was just exercising. I uh, I take twenty minute workout on my machine, played it back, at played it at double it. speed, and got a great workout in ten minutes. You know, and then he's just still talking to her after she's closed the door on him. And then um, is where he's so annoying though he shouldn't don't be like no, that no, guys no, that's annoying no don't <laughs> don't be like him but I think it's a fine line because he gains some empathy because he's sort of silly and funny but he's yeah. also annoying enough that you understand yeah. Dana's reaction sure um, then you know it goes into this is the introduction of the big ghost plot where the eggs start cooking on the counter and she opens the refrigerator door and there's the terror dog and there's a little package of stay puff marshmallows that she puts out on the counter another practical effect the the counter is just heated up and cooked the eggs that's all you gotta do and it looks perfect how they make them sort of explode from the inside is really cool looking and i love you know the it, it it does a lot of stuff with like matte paintings and you know, the, the clouds are done in sort of the same way they did, you know, uh, I guess uh, it's like ink in water or the way it's okay. done. I, I, as I understand, I, I could be wrong about that, just the way it's lit, and then it's lit in different ways. Stuff that was done um, in 2001, A Space Odyssey, for, for the big closing sequence of that movie. So it kind of took everything that they could for the special effects and i think the special effects still really hold up except for the parts with the terror dog yeah yeah because there are a couple of stop motion chasing lois yeah yeah the stop motion stuff you know is obvious it makes it look dated but you know the thing is i i kind of have a love for stop motion stuff even though it little terror dog running across the street yeah the, the the jumping thing yeah yeah that's pretty fun but that thing just as a practical thing, mm-hmm. that's another thing that scared me to death. Oh yeah, <laughs> those things are terrifying. They're still it's still a really good design. Yes. If you look at its face and the teeth and everything. It's very very cool looking. It has sort of a Lovecraft feel to it. Yeah, I think that works really well. It's ground. It's sort of organic, but it's also otherworldly. It, it works. It, it, they're really cool. I think all the ghost designs and everything are really cool. Yeah. So then, then we're hopping into them starting their business, you know, finding the firehouse and, you know, Ray's all excited about the pole and, you know, all these things. Like, the <laughs> mortgage says, says house. It the, does the pole still work? <laughs> right. like, it's not like mechanical or anything. It's like, it's a pole that you slide down. 
Well, I love the whole thing where Ray's so excited about it, and Egon is like, no, this place, no. And it's like, well, he took out a third mortgage on his parents' house. It's like the interest rate alone for the first five years comes to $95,000. I mean, it's just like, this is, okay, if Ray likes this place, we got it. Dude, this is where we yes. got to go. I mean, it's just kind of owing him that. And, you know, Ray finding the car and it's the junker. And, you know, it's sort of... I love that location, though. <sighs> Still a famous location in New York City that I have been to. Been to the Ghostbusters firehouse. It's in Tribeca. Oh, if anybody ever wants to go. It's so cool. It still looks exactly the same standing there on the corner. I, I, like it does in the movie. I've never been to New York City, but uh, that's definitely going to be a stop on the list when I do finally go. It was pretty cool. There's nobody around, otherwise I would have like tried to go inside or his little I wanted to be like, Can I come in? <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't want to be I didn't want to be that door. It's a working firehouse, as I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it, it probably shouldn't do every single plot point, but uh, that's the thing about this movie. <laughs> Why not? We could. We could just know it so well. Um but then, you know, another another great great character is introduced around this time, which is uh, Janine, played by Annie Potts. Janine. Who is? Oh, I love her introduction too. <laughs> Type something, will you pay for That's stuff. right. That's right. It's like this is Janine. Any calls? Any messages? No. Any customers? No, Doctor Venkman. <laughs> you know, like, and it's like if you need me, I'll be in my office, which is just like this open area <laughs> behind the. And then uh, Dana walks in, you know, and, and she comes in. It's like this. This is the Ghostbusters office, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> and um, you see his head. Now, this is something that didn't show up in the pan and scan either, was his head just popping up from behind the up. file cabinets. Yes. Yeah. Great. And he just jumps over the his little gate to go out and meet her. And then he uh, goes back to the apartment, and he's hitting on her the whole time, you know, which is, and she's not impressed. You know, you don't act like a scientist. You're more like a game show host. But um, that whole thing where, where you know, obviously Venkman's the big skeptic. And for him to be the one to go and, and check out her apartment and all this is obviously the his his ploy. He doesn't, you know, she goes in there it's like, and tells, tells him, you know, the eggs started to cook on the counter. Ooh, that is weird. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Look at all the Junk food. Yeah. You eat this? You eat this stuff. <laughs> is he really a skeptic though? Because he's one of his PhDs in parapsychology. But but the thing is, I think yeah, his his degrees in parapsychology. But it's almost like I get the impression it's like he has devoted himself. And maybe he was passionate about it at some point, but then just didn't see any, you know, for a really long be, time. Yeah. And you know, the sponge migration didn't impress him. You know, didn't impress him. Egon drilling a hole through his head, you know, didn't impress him. It, these are the kinds of things. I mean, even seeing the ghost in the library is almost like because you know he says, you know, you guys have been running your asses off all over the five boroughs, talking to everyone who claims they have a paranormal experience. What have you seen? Yeah. So Ray and Egon are into it. They're like they're they're true believers. I think Bankman is sort of a, the, the skeptic of it all because he just doesn't see it the way they have. Uh, even, I think, the library goes... He lost his passion. Yeah. One of those things, maybe. Yeah. I, I, that's that's my guess. 
you know? I mean, these are some of the things that are nice, you know, that you can just sort of deduce from what happens in the movie. Yeah. You don't have to know every detail of these guys' lives to really get them, which is cool. And I, I like that, that the movie doesn't do all the work for you and, and lets you just kind of like the characters on their own terms. You can make up your own little backstories for... Uh-huh. You know, Ray as a kid reading all the little ghost books or something. <laughs> Tobin's spirit guide. Coming up with these little, yeah, Tobin's spirit guide. And coming up with all these ideas for how to catch ghosts and how to find ghosts. I, I love that, you know, some of the things that they say are, are, are like, you know, I'll, I'll look up uh, the name Zool in the usual literature, the space catalog and <laughs> Tobin's spirit guide, you know, which are just like, you know, one step above like comic books. So you kind of get the impression that, that's what these are yeah i swear that that comes up in buffy the vampire slayer the tv show at one point does it they mentioned tobin's spirit i think yeah they mentioned something that i recognized from ghostbusters one of the books i imagine it was probably a reference to ghostbusters yeah sure. because uh, <laughs> you know i would have no doubt that the showrunners of that of that series would be fans of this <laughs> pretty sure giles mentions tobin's spirit I, at one point i believe it I believe it. So then they're about to run out of money, and then they get their first call. That first call sequence is just like, it's so much fun. Because we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, the elevator. It's like, because they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're <laughs> wearing all the, all the gear for the first time. They've never tested it. You see Ecto-1, you know, totally fixed up in all its yeah. glory for the first time. It's just a cool sequence. You know, this, the doors kind of open up and the and Ecto-1 speeding out into the street with the siren going and all that stuff, even though they have, sure, no permit to do any of this stuff, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they go to the hotel and uh, the disturbance is on the 12th floor. And, you know, what are you supposed to be, some sort of cosmonaut? <laughs> nah, we're exterminators. Some sort of cosmonaut. And then, uh, um, bite your head off, man. It's like, it's like it's, it, why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. Switch me on. <laughs> you know, and just kind of boo. Egon, Egon does yeah. the whole move. Um, <laughs> He's so cute. I love him. Yeah. We miss you, Harold Ravis. And um, then they, <laughs> they 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 shoot the maid cart. You know. <laughs> <laughs> She's, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing? Uh, she's trying to put out a fire with her spray bottle. <laughs> you know, these little things. Great details little in this movie. And, um, yeah. You know, they just, you know, maybe we should split up. Uh, yeah, we can do more damage that way. Wandering the hallways and then Ray being, you know, just walking around. I love the whole thing with the cigarette. <laughs> I and know. it's just like he's just it's like just like barely in his yeah, mouth and it's yeah. like hanging all the way down his chin yeah <laughs> and it just I love it. it's like stuck to his chin when he finally sees Slimer come in Ray Pitman I saw it I saw it I saw it it's right here Ray it's looking at me he's an ugly little spud isn't he I think he can hear you Ray don't move it won't hurt you ah! Actual physical contact. Can you move? Ray, Ray, come in, please. I feel so funky. Spangler, 
I'm with Bankman. Oh. You mm. got slime. That's great, Ray. Save some for me. Oh, man. Seeing Slimer for the first time. And, you know, again, that effect is cool. It's a it really cool effect. And, you know, it's done so much was done with blue screen. It was actually, uh, I think, a woman was, like, provided the arms. And, and the, oh, really? Yeah, it, it was, like, a costume. <laughs> you know, I have this book. Um, Ghostbusters, the ultimate visual history. And it's Ghostbusters 1 and 2. And it has a lot of the design work. It's got lots of cool stuff in it. But it shows some of these these kinds of things. You know, what Slimer looked like you know, the before, before the blue screen. Yeah, it's oh. it's really... It's a, it's a very cool book. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just an iconic kind of image of that ghost. And then when they get into the ballroom, mm-hmm. that's they still play that like kind of scary too. Like when you see Ray like come through the curtains, like with just his goggles. Yeah. Is it Ray? Yeah, then it is Ray. And then the the movie, the music is still kind of spooky in this scene, and the the ballroom's kind of like darkly lit. And... Yeah, I love that Elmer Bernstein, who wrote the music for this, he he really plays the music straight. You know, he he scores mm-hmm. it like he would. First of all, a New York movie. It has some of that dun 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Has a little bit of rhythm to it. It has um, sort of a feel to it that gives me sort of a New York vibe. But then you know, it has a lot of cues that are very uh, that are really creepy. And, they are. And, I think that's what made me yeah. like you. Like I took this so seriously mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and I was so scared. But I think a big part of it was the music. Yeah. If the music had been different, I think I I would have seen it for the comedy that it really is, you know, back then. But no, I was so scared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then another important moment, you know, hey, I just remembered something. Don't cross the streams. Don't cross the streams. It's like, why? <laughs> it would be bad. Imagine life as you know it stopping instantaneously at every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Okay, that's bad. Okay. Thanks. Important safety tip being gone. I've seen this a few times. Anyway. Um, Me too. He's got a, a probably, it's probably like all Bill Murray lines that I know because he's got all the best ones. He does. Yeah. I, I recognized a lot. Nice shooting text. Yeah, nice shooting text. Lots of great. The flowers are still standing. <laughs> you know, I've always wanted to try that. I mean, they're already trashing the place to death. So, yeah. like, and then, and then they, <laughs> they come out after they, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass, right? The great line. And then he tells him the bill after they have trashed so much of this bill. Yes. It's like, all right. It's like, uh, we are running a special. Um, Egon's giving him the the numbers. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> another like, thing that was cut them. off in the. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, that I don't remember seeing in the pan and scan version. So when you see it in widescreen, you know you see Egon with his numbers. You know <laughs> that's going to come to one thousand dollars, five thousand dollars. I had no idea it'd be so much. I won't pay it. Well, we can just put it right back in. All right. That's okay. We can put that right back. I, you know, again, you know, the hotel made or. I don't know the hotelier, whatever he would be called. I another another great memorable maybe. character that's only on screen for a few minutes. Just the way he says the lines, yeah, yeah. I won't pay it. Yeah, he's like another one of those like haughty characters. He's like puts his nose up when he says that. You know, and maybe and maybe you know, I listen to a to a show where they talk about unsung heroes of a movie, and in this movie, maybe it's the casting director because Probably. the casting yeah. is. Pitch perfect for every single role. 
sometimes just based off of the person's looks. Yeah. You know, like the, the other the other musician, I forget his name, that Dana is talking with yeah. near, near the fountain. <laughs> just his look and he does the little thing with the the, the nose sprays. Like he looks like a nerd yeah, that like, Vink would, would make fun who, of right Who's the stiff? That stiff happens to be one of the finest musicians in the world. Yeah, it's, it's so Yeah, wonderful. so everybody's got yeah, a great look or a great they're great at line delivery that they just kind of like steal that one little moment that they're in and they, mm-hmm. which just brings even more richness to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's not, there's not a scene in this movie that feels extraneous. No. You know, we go into this after this, we go into the whole montage. This was as a kid, this was like my favorite stuff. Cause this was like, all right, this is Batman becoming Batman. This is the, Becoming the superheroes, you know, kind of moment, yeah. uh, kind of montage. It's the soup in Superman, you know, where he's going to all those different things and he's yeah. saving all those, saving the cat out of the tree and all and and everything else. You know, it's that kind of thing. But it's regular guys that a little kid would would look up to and go, "Wow, that's so cool that these guys." Are, and there's all these famous heroes. people talking about them. Yeah, Larry Casey King Casey. and. Casey Kasem and <laughs> the, the whole line is like they they stayed on to uh, dance the night away with some of the lovely ladies that witnessed the disturbance, you know, all that yeah. stuff. It's so so well done, you know, in the different magazines, you know, they're on the cover of Time and Newsweek, but then they show like Omni, you know, the science magazine magazine that has the proton yeah. pack on it. And I was obsessed with the proton packs uh, as a kid. I wanted one so bad, <laughs> and actually, and I'll, I'll put. You didn't. I'll post this on Twitter, but a couple of years ago for Halloween, I was like, "I'm gonna go for it," and I actually built. At first, I was like, "How am I even gonna do this?" And 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 eventually, I just sort of figured it out. I actually built my own uh, proton pack. A lot of it is wood. Uh, there's like, you know, some of that foam core stuff. Yeah. That like insulation stuff in there. There's uh, lots of just odds and ends that I found at hardware stores and stuff like that. Nice. Um, I especially did you get all fancy with like paper mache and stuff. No, no, I mostly did woodworking actually. Wow, yeah, I did a that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and so I mean, I, I could you know, there's a Pringles can in there. Um, <laughs> awesome. It actually the lights work in it. I bought some real fuses that work with it uh some copper pipe the only things i special ordered were uh, a couple of the cranks that they had that are like dials and stuff that are on it but everything else was just i found it at the hardware store uh one thing is some of the wires are like like the phone cable kinds of things and stuff like that so i it's i still look at it and i go wow i i I'm pretty proud of, of, of what I you did. You should be with pretty that. proud of that. It's, That's awesome. It's pretty cool. I, I did buy the, the the frame that it goes on to from an army surplus store, but uh, definitely need to see that picture. Yeah. Don't forget to post it. Yeah, I, I I I won't. All right. But um <laughs> There you go. This is uh it, it's just such a such a cool design and yeah, I absolutely was obsessed with those and anyway that montage is just so much fun. And then it, you know, they get so overwhelmed with business that they add 
they hire someone new, uh, Winston. Winston. And Winston kind of gets short shrift in a lot of the stuff. And, I know. You know, in Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. But he's such an important character. He has, yes. you know, he has the closing line of the movie. And it's just the perfect capstone to the movie. The, the whole, I love this yeah. town while he's covered in. I love this covered, Yeah, but I, I love how he comes in, you know. And his interview is, you know, do you believe <laughs> in astral projection, uh, the Loch Ness monster, monster, the theory of the theory Atlantis, Atlantis, all these things? And he's like, yeah, if there's a steady paycheck in this, I'll believe anything you say. And Winston comes on at a, at a point, he's sort of, they have all kind of become, I think the way that uh, Dan Aykroyd described it is they've become ghost janitors. They're, they're not, it's not like being a fighter or a scientist. It's just a mundane job. And I love how there's, yeah. you know, they, the scene where Venkman and Ray are sitting there and they're talking and they have the cigarettes in their mouth and they're bouncing up and down. Something about that scene is just so <laughs> funny. <laughs> and it's, I don't even it's really, like, what is it? like, you don't look good. You look tired. You, you don't look good. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you've looked better. <laughs> yeah. I think Winston is pretty important. It's like he brings new life into them and he's also kind of the one like practical guy mm-hmm. yeah in a good way that they need yeah i don't i don't i don't even know and i love him even more in two i think his role in two is even is even stronger and ernie hudson is so wonderful in the part yeah. he has a nice little cameo in the remake too where he uh, yes. <laughs> he he turns out to be the the uncle who yep gets them the car, I think, in the first place. Yeah, so... Yep, I love that. I just... I think he's such a great character, and I'm really, really glad that they bring him... bring that character in. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's instantly part of the team. You know, he's not... he's not yeah. excluded in any way. He becomes just as integral yeah. to the to it all as any of them. He doesn't come in, like, making fun of them or anything? No. Like, just doing this for the job? Like... Which you might, you know, kind of expect from somebody who's maybe like just trying to get in to see how like crazy these guys are. They're they're fighting ghosts or whatever. But no, he comes in and he's he believes them and he he works just as hard, you know, with them and he makes friends with them and he's he's a fun guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I would, I don't know what I was saying just then, but I like I just like the way he he comes in and he's he's immediately accepting yeah. of them and what they're doing. You know? Yeah, definitely. And you know, I mean. The whole exchange about the Twinkie, I I, I love that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, tell them about the Twinkie. What about the <laughs> Twinkie? Uh, you know, Twinkie. all that stuff is just because he's he's also in some ways he doesn't he's, treat he's, them like they're crazy. Yeah, but he's also yeah. he also is a little bit of an outsider, so he has the role of the audience. He can ask. He yeah. can. It's like okay, um, the paranormal activity or whatever is is high. Explain that to me. Explain that to me. It's like, well, okay, imagine this Twinkie is is the normal amount, and it would right now, based on this morning, it would be thirty five feet long, weighing six hundred pounds or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah. that's a big Twinkie. Okay, so Winston helps so us get to yeah. get it yeah. because it needs to be explained to him because he doesn't speak that language entirely, you know, and neither do we. Sure. Whereas they have all gotten to the point where they do. Um, and I think it's it's a, it's a key element and a key moment because um, then we get back to the Dana story where we find the the name Zool and Zool was the minion of Gozer and I, I love how 
in their Sumerian, little, not Babylonian. The, their little their little meeting in the park between uh, yeah. Dana and Bankman, where he has her is like, what's that word? Hittites. <laughs> you know. Hittites. <laughs> <laughs> he has her. Yeah. The word. Yeah, and you know, obviously, um, he's always been attracted to her, but he's actually kind of not being an asshole to her so much anymore. He's being a bit bankman still, but he's not being, yeah. he, he's not being, I'm just hitting on you. I'm, you know, it's, it's like, I really genuinely like this person. And maybe he's a little more worried about her now. Yeah. Because he's seen because all this what they found stuff out. now. Yeah. He's seen, he, and I think now he can't be the skeptic anymore because he's seen too much, you know? And so, Dana, I think, likes this version of Bankman. You know, the one that has let his guard down a little bit. Yeah, because she smiles when the other guy asks who that was. And it's like, he's just a friend. Yeah. And you can kind of see it in her face. So she's like, okay, I'm kind of feeling this guy now. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. It is. It is. And, you know. It's a cute moment like that. As, as we find out in Ghostbusters 2, they're not, they don't work, <laughs> you know, uh, in, in the long term. <laughs> but, but that makes sense, you know, that they don't. Yeah. Uh, but for this, it's it's it works and it's it's nice and it's not it doesn't feel like a tacked on sort of romantic subplot to no. me either, uh, and I really like that. Um, and then the scariest thing that happens in the whole freaking movie, in my opinion, yes, is this next I was just scene. Say that same thing. As a kid, <laughs> this was a scene I was like hands over my horrible. eyes. This is horrifying. Well, <laughs> Absolutely horrifying. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, this yeah. is the part that like got me the most as a kid. Just the fact that you could come home from working out, you sit in your chair, you're talking to your mom, your yeah. mom's being concerned, and she hangs up the phone, and these hands reach out of, just pop out of the chair. Before that, the, the other great effect on the door... With the light around oh, the door, and then they had yeah. to scratch the claw marks through the door. Yeah, that's Spot right. On. Oh, yeah. Well, and the thing is, that's a similar effect to, like, Freddy Krueger, you know, coming Street, through the yeah. wall in Nightmare on Elm Street. It's, it's probably just spandex, but it's just, like, yeah. it's so effective. But it still works. It, it looks good, works. right? It's beautifully done. It works so good. Oh, yeah, when the arms, the claws come out of the... The arms of the chair, yeah. the hands that over her freaks me out. You know, the hand over her mouth and stuff like that. I mean, just just that that whole thing is just so terrifying. It's it's just it that it's really, really scared yeah. me, and I think I think it still works. I mean, it doesn't scare me like it did when I was a yeah. kid, but right. but I think it's still kind of it gets the heart pumping a little. I always, I always make myself laugh at the end of that scene though, because what I always, what I always think of, like, wow, that chair fits perfectly through, through the door. Through the door, yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> that kind of brings me back. Yeah, yeah. And the way it's cut together too is, you know, with the, with the, like the, uh, the carpet bunching up as it's sliding yes. across the, the, it's really, it's really cool. It's one of those things where you just like remember those details. Even though they're not hugely important, they really make the scene work. Yeah, and so then then we have Lewis's party, and and so there are all these things happening at the same time. I think this and the Simpsons movie are probably the only movies of ever made where the main villain is the Environmental Protection Agency. <laughs> um, Walter Peck. Walter Peck. Oh. Man. Another example of a great. <laughs> memorable character 
You can believe Mr. Pecker. I know that comes a little later, but oh, jeez. My name is Peck. Well, I mean, he comes on, he, first he's like, he's like, just comes on so charming. Genuinely interested in yeah. how things operate. Then when it's like, can I, may, may I see the storage facility? No. Why? Because you did not say the magic word. And what is the magic? They're just sort of matching each other. In the way yeah. they're speaking and everything. It's like, and yeah. then, then Bankman totally breaks it by saying, please. Please. <laughs> May I please see that? It's like, then, you know, right after that, just having it escalated, I, his, his real intention is going to, I want to know what you do here. And I want to know if this is, what kind of impact this is having. And it says, oh, come back here with a court order. Well, you go get a court order. And I'll sue your ass for wrongful prosecution. Yes, for wrongful prosecution. <laughs> you know, and all that stuff is is so good, you know. And then after this, you know, Venkman goes and meets Dana at the apartment, which is super, super hot. hot. Yeah, moment. it's it's really really hot. Are you the keymaster? Yes, I'm a friend of his. He told me to meet him here. I didn't get your name. Name's Zoo. I'm the gatekeeper. Oh. What are we doing today, Zul? We must prepare for the coming of Gozer. Gozer, huh? The Destructor. Are we still going out? You know, you could pick up the place if you're expecting someone. Do you want this body? Is this a trick question? I guess the roses worked, huh? Take me now, sub-creature. We never talk anymore. I make it a rule never to get involved with possessed people. Mm. Mm. Actually, it's more of a guideline than a rule. You know, I can... I want you inside me. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I can't. Sounds like you got at least two people in there already. Might be a little crowded. But <laughs> I want you inside me. Well, it looks like you got... It's like... It's like... Um, Go no, ahead. No, so... I can't. <laughs> is so inappropriate when you watch it now. I know. I know. I know. I couldn't believe it when I watched it as a kid. I was like, oh my God, she says I want you inside me. Yeah, I know. It's like, go ahead. No, I can't. You know? Gotta make a rule. Never to be involved with possessed people. Sounds like there's already two people in there. Be a little crowded. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's... But then that whole thing where she starts levitating... And turns over. Not only does she just rise up off the bed, she actually turns over. And it was just sort of like taking that old magic trick, you know, or something yeah. that you've seen in The Exorcist, and and taking it to sort of this next level where she turns over and he's like, you know, please come down, and she just roars at him. Barks. It's like that. That really. As a kid, I, I would always put my again, again with the sound in yeah, this movie, right? I would put my fingers in my ears because I, because I, I didn't like jump scares at all. I still don't really like jump scares, and so <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things where I was 
Yeah, and then then we have the party going on over at Lewis's house, which is so funny. <laughs> but Lewis, a, I'm going home. Because he's an accountant, and he just he doesn't even have any friends. He just has to invite all of his clients. <laughs> all his clients because over. he's an accountant to his party, which is kind of sad. And he's and he's able to write <laughs> it off came, as a promotion. Which is super nice of them. Yeah, they did come. They did come. And, and I love how he's nice introducing them, everyone by their by their tax profiles. <laughs> They got like fifteen thousand dollars left on the house, so they're doing good. Yeah, just, <laughs> it's so funny, and it's like, all right, who brought the dog? And then obviously the terror dog comes out, and then I, I love, it chases him out the door, and I love the woman, his neighbor, that opens the door to look out yeah. the hall and see what's going on, and sees it, oh, and closes ah, the door. I mean, it's just like, you know, that's a great. It's one of those great little moments yeah. that. They think of for the movies like this that are just so perfect. Oh, just a simple little thing, you know, but it makes it work so well. And then Lewis as Vince Clortho. You know, was another scene that was also kind of scary for me was the um, when he's banging on the door of the restaurant or the wall yeah. of the restaurant. It's that big glass wall. That was always like kind of sad and kind of scary to me when I was a kid because mm. like. Like, no one, let me in. Like, no one can hear him and no one comes to help him. And then... The squeak down, down the... the he, yeah. He, the, there's, like, again, the sound, the squeak when he goes down the mm-hmm. glass. And then everyone's exactly. sort of staring See? out at him. And then immediately just it's go like, back to their dinner. It's the New York thing again mm-hmm. where no one really cares. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, him as Vince Clortho is funny, especially when he talks to the Talking horse. to the horse. It's like, and then it's just like, you'll perish in flames. It's like... What an asshole. <laughs> Another great little bit character, right? Yeah. All he has to say is, what an asshole, and it's perfect. It's perfect. And then, you know, I, I, you know, it's like we picked up this guy. Bellevue doesn't want him. <laughs> and we hear you're into this kind of stuff, so we'd bring him to you. You know, and there's this little subtle detail, because, you know, we'd seen the Dana attached to the sort of the EEG thing, you know, before. And then they yeah. show him, and it's the terror dog on the screen. It's a it's a very cool detail, and you know he's the coffee and the he seems like relatively harmless. Yes, have some. Yeah. Then we shut down the protection grid. Another scary part was after that. Yeah, that whole montage. I'm just like remembering all. Yeah, the whole montage after they shut down the protection grid. The skeleton in the taxi cab was the one that yes. really scared me. Yeah. That's so cool looking. I love that thing. Oh, it's it looks so good. Again, with the music in that scene too, yeah. it's kind of so spooky. Oh, I it's, love it. it's that it's that it's a because I had the soundtrack on vinyl as a kid, and I cannot uh-huh. remember where I put that. Lost it somewhere along the line, unfortunately. But the song I don't know what they're saying. It's a song. Yeah, it's called it's, "I Believe in Magic," and it's just this really unusual song mm-hmm. and it's it's very the way that they i can't make out i can't even make out the words but it's like yeah it's so spooky the way that they they sing it and the, the yeah yeah it's it's i love it though it's got a it works in the scene so well it's got a very 80s sound to it but mm-hmm. you know it doesn't feel dated the way that some 80s music does to me mm-hmm. i really that scene you know and, and then like the ghost you know the screaming ghost that comes up out of the subway um, and they just, and obviously these things weren't there. They just sort of have these blasts of wind that blow people backwards and stuff like that. All these things that look really good. And like you said, really the only thing for me that doesn't hold up as well is is that when you see the whole terror dog, you know, running. 
because it's obviously stopped motion. Where he busts through the door of the the apartment. Yeah, I mean, some of those things... You're like, eh, that doesn't look so great, but... Yeah, but... Who cares? But, you know, this was was on the... Just a hair's breadth away from CGI. You're so close. (laughs) Uh, They used some CGI in Ghostbusters 2. I can't remember the, the the name of them, but the brothers that in the courtroom at the beginning. Oh, the um, I can't think of it. I, I can't think of them, but someone's screaming at at the podcast right now. They're screaming at their phone, going, going, what were? I've got a Googler. Were, That's gonna bother the, me. What were the names? But yeah, the whole sequence, and then you know, Vankman, you know, coming comes back, and Peck has them arrested. Scalari brothers. The Scalari brothers. That's it. When Peck has them arrested. Your mother! Your mother! And that's that moment. Oh, yeah, Egon finally gets Egon. this moment. Um, I love Egon in that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I actually really like the jail scene where they're looking through the... Oh, even before that, there's a great scene between Winston and Ray where they're oh, in, yeah, the in the car. And it's like, hey, hey, Ray, do you believe in God? Never met him. Well, I do. And I love Jesus's style. You know, and all that's, I love that sequence. Yeah. You know, and, and then obviously as a, as a, you know, good Lutheran kid, I sort of attached onto that a little bit because this was some of the things that I heard about. And then, so, you know, and then they quote Revelation. It's actually Revelation 612. In the movie, they it's say 712. Yeah. In the movie, they say it's 712, but it's actually 612. Uh, just, you know, ah. just so you know. But uh, and it's like, has it occurred to you that why we've been so busy lately is because the dead have been rising from the grave? And so then, you know, you, you, he's right. Yeah. You know, you get this whole thing, you know, in the prison, it's like, you know, Hey guard, I want my phone call. It's like, I I just work with these guys. I wasn't even there. And that's the one moment where Winston's kind of like, don't lump me in with these guys. The whole thing, you know, they're going over the plans to the building. And it's like, you getting all this, you know, all the people are looking over their shoulder it's like, you know, bizarre rituals meant to bring about the end of the world, and now it looks like it may actually happen. And then beat, so be good, for goodness sake. Whoa. <laughs> it's like, are you telling me some moldy Babylonian god's going to come out of Central Park West and start tearing up the city? Sumerian, not Babylonian. Sumerian, not Babylonian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, then the scene with the mayor is right after that. And I love the scene with the mayor. You know, the whole thing. And this is in our intro. Um, The whole, you know, it's like we're talking, we're talking Old Testament, real wrath of God type stuff, stuff, you know, fire and brimstone coming out of the sky. It's like uh, then, then of course, human sacrifice, dogs and cats (laughs) living together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Uh, man. But the line that I love, it's like. What if you're wrong? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. We go to jail peacefully, quietly. Yeah. We'll enjoy it. But if I'm right and we can stop this thing, Lenny, you will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. <laughs> that is so good. I mean, because he just so good. gets him right where it, where he knows it's going to be. He knows it's going to get him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the freaking Pope comes in or whoever that is. Archbishop. <laughs> the, yeah. He's like, Mike, you look good. He's like, <laughs> well, I'm not going to call a press conference and tell everyone to start praying. So, I think that's probably a good one. <laughs> good idea. <laughs> the walls of the 53rd precinct were bleeding. <laughs> How do you explain that? I mean, all of that stuff is just so funny. It's yeah. like, um, and then, you know, what can we give you? And it's like, come on, let's run some red lights. And they give him a big parade down to the building. And, 
Uh, they have the big hero's welcome. And then I love the moment right after that because it just shows him climbing the stairs. They have this sort of big moment. The heroes have arrived. Yeah. And then they show him just climbing up flights and flights and flights of stairs. And they're <laughs> like, let me know when we get to 20. Throw, throw up. up. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, they're carrying these proton packs on their backs, all this yeah. equipment. They're exhausted. Um, it's it's just, they're heroes, but they're also just regular guys that are going up against yeah. you know, the biggest thing the city's yeah. seen yet. So that's another one of those yeah examples of them just being normal guys that are actually heroes because yeah. they're yeah. doing something to stop this. That's right. That's right. You know, the, this closing section, the third act here is... This... I can't believe you talked over the dickless line. Though. Oh, I did. I did. You can believe Mr. Patrick. <laughs> Oh, that's right. The, the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. Um, yeah, that that that, that, that whole sequence is like, is this true? Yes, it's true. Yes. This man has no. This man has no. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. So they arrive just in time to see uh, see Vince and, or I should say, uh, Lewis and Dana uh, turn into terror dogs. Pretty cool effect too. It yeah. is. Again, yeah, again, I mean, it does go to that stop motion, but it actually kind of works there. Because they're stationary mostly. I don't know, I, I think that looks cool. Obviously, the whole top level of the building has been demolished, and you just have sort of that pyramid and all that stuff there. And Gozer. You basically see it as like an altar. Yeah, and then Gozer. Gozer! Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite shots yeah. is when Gozer goes over and just pets the chair dog. Yeah, just the nails. It's like, it's 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 a girl. It's Gozer. It can be whatever it wants to be. They just, <laughs> the whole thing, it's like, all right, let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. And so they uh, shoot at her and they she disappears. Got your stick? Hold it. Make them hard. <laughs> Make them hard. <laughs> So we used to do see, that. Me and my cousins would do that too. The thing is, as a kid, it was like I that flew right over. It's like, oh, yeah. I see now. Okay, yeah. gotcha. What's funny is, you know, my parents told me after the fact that they had shown it to my kids, which I was fine with, to be honest. But she, my mom was so fucked. Before you got a chance to. Before I got a chance to, but but the <gasps> thing is, I hate when people do that. Well, it was it was okay. It was okay because my mom was so funny though, because she came to me and says. So the, the kids were kind of getting tired of some of the stuff that we were watching a lot. So we put on Ghostbusters and it was like, there's a lot of stuff in that movie that I forgot about. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know, yeah. mom. And she's like, I'm sorry. And like, totally fine with me. And it ended up being yeah. cool because my sons really enjoyed it. My daughter thought it was okay. Um, but my sons just loved it. And so I got to go with both of them to see the 2016 version, which was really fun to do. You know, and I really like that movie. I gotta say, let me throw that in. I really like the 2016 Ghostbusters. Oh, I do too. I think it's a really good movie and, you know, it's doing a different thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think maybe it would have been, you know, in retrospect, I think maybe instead of doing sort of a a reboot maybe it's like they're a franchise in another city or something like that or another maybe. part of the city from the ghostbusters might have been interesting or something like that but i think it's a good movie i, I think the the lead actresses are all so good yeah. uh, paul feig is good with comedy and I think, that's the only yeah. thing that doesn't 
work for me so much. Yeah. The comedy yeah. parts didn't always land. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I liked it too. It just kind of felt like jokes went on too long. Sure, yeah, there, there are definitely some jokes. <laughs> to the point where they're not funny anymore. Yeah. It's like, okay, you need to yeah, I mean, stop. That's the only parts that didn't work. But yeah, I had fun. I mean, Kate McKinnon yeah. is amazing. Oh, she's great. She's great. And to me, it doesn't it doesn't hold a candle to the original, but I mean, very little no. does. You know, and I just I just thought it was yeah. a fun movie, and I like Ghostbusters too as well. Yeah, I was gonna say, what do you what's your take on Ghostbusters? Too? As a, when I first saw it, I I saw it in the theater as a kid, and I was sorely disappointed, and it actually really, really scared me. Vigo freaked me out, but since then, since then, I've come to really like it a lot. I love Ghostbusters too. Yeah, yeah. I did not like it initially, but I I really do now. I've come to like it a lot. It's got a lot more of its own thing that you can mm-hmm. you can really separate it from the first one. Yeah, definitely. You can think of it as a totally different movie and it. Yeah. It's doing its own thing. It's doing something new. It is. And it's really cool. It is. And I think it's really interesting. Oh, I'll have to show you. I have a picture of, uh, of Vigo the Carpathian. I'll have to show it to you. <laughs> I have it hanging on my wall. See, that would just freak me out even to this It's a tiny day. picture. Oh, it's He's a small like picture. Big. Okay. <laughs> if it was like one of those really... Like one as no. big as the painting, and I would movie. love. Would I would love to have out. like an actual painting of the good Carpathian. That's like one of my things I really, really want. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would that would horrify me. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. He Maybe. scares me. Yeah. So, but here, you know, we've got we've got the whole the whole thing. You know, uh, you know, those are the Gozerian, those are the Destructor. You know the, the whole voice and all that stuff, and and it's like, all right, all right. Again with the sound, Gozer's mm-hmm. voice is awesome. Though there is one moment here that bothers me. It's like you know, make make choose and perish, and it's just all right, all right. It's like anything we think of. So if we think of, it J- should have been J. Edgar Hoover, right? It should right? be J. Edgar Hoover. That's what I've always said. It's like, yeah. wait a minute, you can't say something. If you say something, that means you're thinking of it, which means that's what it should have been. It should have been J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah. J. Edgar Hooper will appear and destroy us, which which would have been amazing too. But (laughs) instead, we get one of the funniest reveals ever. You know, this was the moment when I rewatched it in college that literally made me fall out of my chair. That moment is like where he says, you know, I I tried to think of something, you know, you know, that would never possibly destroy us. You know, it's like, it's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And then it turns... I the, love the way he says that line. Then it turns the corner onto that main street, and it's got the big smile and, you know, the sailor suit. And it's this accompanied by this roar when he turns the corner. It made me laugh so hard. That moment is so brilliantly done. And... um <laughs> it's like funny us going out like this, killed by a hundred foot marshmallow man. It's like this Mister Stay Puffs all right. He's a sailor. He's in New York. We get this guy laid. We won't have <laughs> any trouble. Get him laid. <laughs> yeah, um, it's. But then you know they try to roast him, and you know just pisses him off. It's like you know the depth charges on Godzilla. It's just not gonna. When his when the Stay Puffs uh, face changes to like an angry face, yeah. it's still like kind of funny. It looks like it looks like a crying like, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's so it, it, the, the expression. It's just like it, it looks it's like, like you can't be you can't be angry and yeah. be scary when you're a marshmallow man. I'm sorry. You can try, but he just looks kind of even cuter, yeah. almost like he's an angry yeah, like an angry crying baby. Yeah. It, it's 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 <laughs> it really works though. I, it's 
one of those. I mean, it's he's not scary, but he's like you realize that he's capable of so much destruction as well. And then we have the whole, you know, we'll cross the streams. Thing. I like his line here too. When he's like, I love this plant. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do, Let's it. do it. Yeah. Because it's like, it's kind of, it's just kind of that thing of like, yeah, we're, we're a team. Now. I didn't, I wasn't serious about this to begin with, but we're in it now and we're a team and mm-hmm. we're going to go out. I don't know. I kind of see it as a kind of a serious line, even though it's, yeah, it is. The way it's, it's even though he delivers way. it, I like it. Even though he delivers it that way, it's it definitely is because it's saying I. It's very altruistic. It's just like yeah. we are probably not going to make. It. We're the but we're the only ones that can do this. We're the only ones that can save millions of people right now. Yeah, and you know, and who knows? I mean, beyond it may go beyond New York. It may you know end up being worldwide destruction. Um, so it could be he's the destructor. Yeah, it could be billions, you know, that that are being yeah. saved by all this. So the crossing of the streams is, and I, I love the after after the marshmallow man, you know, gets destroyed. You know, you have a big, you big sort of pile of goo that falls on Peck down in the streams, and then they show the Ghostbusters. They're all completely covered, like completely <laughs> head to toe, head to toe, with pounds of marshmallow and then Bankman comes out and he's like got a little smear on himself you know it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's one of the funniest little touches and it is it's part of it part of me is like I'm wondering if, if uh, Bill Murray's said nah forget it I'm not doing that and the other guys were like possibly go for it you know <laughs> go for it um I always wanted to get that thing that Peck got I was like I want a bunch of marshmallow fluff dropped on me that'd be fun it was like I think it was like foam or something. I, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Play around in that stuff. It's it's so so good, and you know it's a great capper. Um, you know, and then you know the dogs are stone and Ray's line. It's like smells like barbecue smells like dog, hair. dog hair. And he's like, and and he's he's like really kind of sweet. It's, oh, I'm Vanquin. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know that one shot when they they cut back to him and. His whole face is covered except his eyes, and he just looks kind of yeah, sad when he looks down. <laughs> I, I think I've always been able to relate to Ray the most, yeah. you know, because that's I, I feel like I would say something like that and just be like, I know. I was just, just like, thinking, I was like, I'm the one that would say something kind of stupid, right, and, and, insin- and insincere at that point, and, probably, yeah, and and not really, but then just not mean it, you know, it, it, yeah, you know, and be that apologetic. And but then everything's okay. Dana's in there, and Lewis is in there, and they're okay. And <laughs> you know, Lewis's whole line about who are you guys? Who does your taxes? We're the Ghostbusters. <laughs> who does your taxes? Yeah, I mean, it's like never forget, <laughs> never forget that you're an accountant, right? Um, and then you know we have the the just the closing sequence is just the of a yeah. song and everyone play the song again yeah. and have like the big hero shots yeah. of coming out and everybody cheering for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a great ending. And then you have Slimer, you know, gets the last word kind yeah. of, well, I mean, Winston is the one who actually gets the last word with his great, uh, I love this town moment uh, with the swelling of the music and yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's just great. And then Slimer, you know, screaming across the screen at the end of the movie is, <laughs> is, is a great uh, touch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else I could say about this movie. I just adore it. And I know. 
I know we probably went on longer than we expected to uh, with only one movie to talk about, but I think we both kind of really, really are big fans of this one. Yeah. Like people said, like this has been part of both of our lives, probably most of our lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least we saw it when we were pretty young. And it's just, it's one of those ones that, that gets in you and never leaves. Yeah. You never get tired of it. Never get bored of it. Like just watching it again. Like I was, dancing around in my living room singing the song you know and saying all the lines and laughing it's always going to be there i think i'm i'm glad it's one of your forever favorites because i think it is for a lot of people too yeah even if they don't know it yeah and this one you know if i'm being honest if i was to pick which one between bride and ghostbusters is really a forever favorite it'd probably be ghostbusters to be honest with you because i mean i i I adore bride of frankenstein and i was kind of like i can't have two movies from 1984 (laughs) you know that sort of thing um you you get in your head when you make lists like that but um this cares and you know i mean some days this is maybe my favorite movie this is the one that's at the top of the list some days you know it is your greatest movie ever yeah Tremors is like for Tremors me. is for you, and it just has that kind of thing where it's I'm always coming back to this movie, and that I was able to share yeah. it with my kids as well is really cool. And you know, my wife likes it. You know, we can have fun with it as well, and it's not scary, so scary that she can't handle it. Um, <laughs> sure, she doesn't like horror movies much, but yeah, I bet Ghostbusters is just right up her alley. Well, and this was you know a gateway horror film for me. Sure. You know, yeah. This one along with the Universal Monsters, so it's kind of appropriate that they're uh, paired together because the Universal Monster movies uh, were a big deal and the first horror movies I saw, and this was sort of like the first modern horror film I saw, if you can call it that. I mean, it's a gateway uh, to that, at least. I love this town! Yeah, that was a good talk. I love that movie. I love when you can just talk about. I didn't even really have to rewatch the movie because, yeah. like we said, it's just we've got it memorized. But it's fun to revisit and fun to talk about something that you just really love. So that was, that was a good time. Well, I was going to watch it this morning, but what happened was uh, last night I started watching a, a movie, and I guess this will sort of act. As, and we're not doing official recommends um, today, but this. I don't have anything, yeah. really, anyway. So, you just, yeah. So this, you got one? This is, Tell it. This is my reasoning. Because um, I started watching this film last night on Hulu, and um, I wasn't able to finish it. So, I was like, I have to finish this movie. And so, I finished it this morning instead of watching Ghostbusters for the, you know, 600th time. It's called In and of Itself. And it's a performance film of this one man show this guy did uh it's it's sort of magic it's sort of mentalism it's sort of but more it's it's a really a meditation on identity just what makes a person a person it was just really really powerful to me i wish i had watched it all in one shot obviously that doesn't always end up being able to be the case but i really hope that people check this one out because it's it's really, there's something special about it. Um, and it's not just like it recorded just one night. I mean, the bulk of it is one evening, but then it intercuts it with these moments from other nights just to show that it wasn't necessarily exactly the same thing every night. You know, that there were nuances and differences, and you know, different 
people and different identities and all these different things that played into the final result. And it's it's directed by uh, Frank Oz, well known as the voice of Yoda, um, <laughs> and also the director of the movie we, we didn't do a couple weeks ago, uh, Bowfinger. Um, uh, but uh, all right. yeah, maybe at some point we can we can do Bowfinger. But it's it's really good, and I I I really recommend that film on Hulu. I think it's a Hulu exclusive. What was it again? It's called In and of Itself. In and of Itself. Um, I just found it to be cool. really really moving and really really good, but also just sort of astonishing and amazing at the same time. You know, some of this thing, some of the card trick stuff he does is is. <laughs> is incredible. I absolutely love magic. Yeah. So I might be into this. So magic is 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 a part of it, but it's not all of it. It's it's really okay. it's hard it's hard to describe exactly what it is. Yeah. There's definitely a, a magic element to it. If there's some kind of element, then I'll be into yeah. it. Yeah. That that's so cool to me. Yeah. Very cool. cool. Very cool. Okay, so we've got another Great topic going on for next episode. Uh, one of my absolute favorite kinds of movies. We're doing the One Location movie. And I'm really excited about this because I know this is, all of our picks are like our favorite movies. But this is like one of my favorite movies. This is my favorite um, Alfred Hitchcock movie. Just kind of an odd choice, I know, because of all this other like super popular so stuff. He has so many you know, that, great that one, yeah, so That many one called films. Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> But for some reason, um, my favorite movie of his has always been from 1948, Rope. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one because it's it's so fascinating and it interests me. Like it gets me sucked into it every time I watch it. I'm really interested to hear what you think of it. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. In, I'm looking forward to revisiting it. I it's one that I like a lot, and so I'm looking forward to discussing your. And I know I'm I, I know that. Uh, you're definitely not alone. I've talked to so many people who say that Rope is their favorite Hitchcock. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, I've talked to several people who have said that. And so... Most everybody says, like, Vertigo, mm-hmm. Psycho, mm-hmm. or thing. It's like, no, Rope is really cool, y'all. Yeah. My, mine is Rear Window. And speaking of one location movies, you know, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. uh, you know, and a, a, another... But you can't pick I, another I, I'm not going to pick another Hitchcock, because when you said Rope, when you said one location, I was like, oh, Lifeboat. And then you said rope. I was like, mm, I can't pick. A, we can't. We can't do uh, another another double. Though there are so many Hitchcock. Lifeboat is really good. I'm a huge Hitchcock um, and Scorsese kind of joggle for position for which one is my mm-hmm. favorite because I just love both of their work. But you know, Hitchcock. I I've gotten to see a couple of the films of his movies in theaters. You know, Rear Window is like I said. I think my favorite, but. I'm going to choose something wildly different from Rope, uh, but my single location pick... Which we love to do. Yeah, and uh, is from 2010, um, and it is Adam Green's Frozen. This is an interesting movie. I've only come to it I've, uh, within this... It's, I think I saw it for the first time, maybe sometime even in 2020 for the first time. But really? Yeah, it, it's a pretty recent first-time watch for me. But I really like it. I, I wrote a retrospective on it for Bloody Disgusting. Um, if you are interested in some of my thoughts before we, <laughs> I mean, out there in, in podcast land, if you're interested in some of my thoughts on, on that movie um, before 
the discussion. Uh, I'm sure seeing it again will probably give me some different perspectives, even. Two very different films. Two I love that doing I that, think that it's are going to be, again, a good discussion. I like it when they're spread like that, like when we did uh, Singing in the Rain with One Cut of the Dead, you know, kind of the old and the new. Different time periods. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really like fun. it when that, when that happens to work out. All right, so you can say goodbye now. Yeah, I think we should probably sign off. This episode ended up being a bit longer than we expected it to be, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Michelle's shaking her head right now, saying, oh, I know us too well by now. Uh, we do tend to chat <sighs> when we love these movies, and that's the thing. you know, We do love these movies. That most of them that we've brought um, have been ones yep. we're passionate about. That's kind of the point. Yep, it is <laughs> the point. It is the point. Okay, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, you can find the show on Twitter at uh, Movie Life Pod, and you can find me on Twitter at Brian D. Kuiper. And you can find me at Michelle N. Agan. And if you are enjoying the show, as always, if you can rate, review, uh, yes. that is very helpful to us. And Only if you have nice things to say, though. Yeah. We, we prefer that. You I'm know. just kidding. Be honest. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like how uh, Patrick Bromley does say that, though. It's like... Give us a nice review if you're going to give us a review. Um, so, which I appreciate too. So, yeah. Anyway, um, we hope that uh, you are enjoying the show as much as we are enjoying uh, bringing it. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.